that stuff wake you up a little bit? Yeah, I want to go to the place that's the best. I don't know about y'all. You know, we have been talking about running the race, and we are coming to the end of that. And so we should be talking about finishing the race, right? And uh, I want to open up quickly. What do you guys think about when you think about finishing your race? What pops up in your mind? What are you guys thinking about? Dying and going to heaven. What other things are you thinking about? Victory. Victory, okay. Rest. Rest. You tired? We're all a little tired. Accomplishment. Accomplishment, okay. Anything else? I think about like a feast. A feast? Dang, all right, I want to eat too. I wish I had some food right now. Keith, what you Mm-hmm. Looking back on the race that I ran. Yeah. yeah, all those things are good things. You know, when I when I was thinking about finishing the race, I thought of that song. You know, I want to go to the Spirit in the Sky and the place that's the best. And I've got a friend in Jesus. Now, that song is completely wrong. And like the third verse, he's like, "I'm not a sinner. I've never sinned, but I've got a friend in Jesus." And all this stuff, <laughs> pretty silly. Um, but. Um, You know, that's what we're going to talk about today is finishing strong and and just finishing in general. And uh, let's start with a prayer. God, thank you so much just for this opportunity to come and worship you as a family, to come together and talk about real things, to talk about the word of life uh, and seek out truth and seek you out, Father. I pray for me, Father, that you would calm my nerves and that I could speak with uh, confidence and uh, speak the things that you want me to share. And uh, Father, uh, I pray that you would also open up all of our hearts in here, uh, open up our ears and our eyes to the way that you want to speak to us today, Father. And uh, I pray that your spirit would guide us. Amen. Um, So in running a race... um, the race that we're running is kind of dirty, and it's very, it's very interesting, especially after what Keith talked about last week. Uh, uh, we have this idea that we want to be these like scrubbed up, super clean, you know, nice looking Christians, you know, that don't have any dirt on us, and uh, and. I really think that our life here, if I had to compare it to a race, is probably like one of the Tough mutter races, you know, where our life, we just get dirty and stuff happens, you know, and at the end of the race, you're covered in junk because you've been down in the trenches, you've been doing stuff, and there's so much of life that's not easy, you know, whether it's dealing with relationships, whether it's dealing with illness, uh, Family, there are just work, war. There is like so many things that it, it just is dirty, and it's it's hard to keep our hands clean. It's it's just about impossible, but it is possible with Jesus. It's it's very interesting as well that um, you know this. You know when we talk about finishing strong, I had trouble. I had trouble with this. I had trouble when Keith said, I want you to talk about finishing strong. I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm about to die. 
because that's that's how I thought of finishing this race. I, that means I'm I'm close to the end. And how am I supposed to finish strong if I'm I'm still in the first half of my race or if I'm I don't know where I am? How am I supposed to talk about this? And, you know, as I thought about it and we all know the the circle of life, right? We've heard that song before this. It's very true that our life is filled with these cycles. They're filled with beginnings and ends. You know, from the minute that we're in right now, it'll end in just a few seconds. Another one will begin. And then those build on each other in hours. They roll on top of each other into days, to weeks, months, years. And, and it's very interesting that we're in these cycles and we're beginning and ending things all the time. And I can make the decision to end the way that I want to end each of these moments, each of these allotments of time, because that's it. It's all time. And it, it really, there's, you can think about time and, and think, wow, I'll never have that moment again. You know, my, my prime is gone, you know, or you can think we'll never be in this moment again. You know, we're getting a fresh start every minute. You know, even in the mundane things of life, we come to church every single Sunday for a lot of us. And and we will never have this moment in here together right now again. It's a special time and we can take advantage of that. It, there's something new here. There's something new to be had. And that's really cool. You know, you think about the cycle of the seasons. You know, you've got this rebirth in spring and this growth throughout the summer. And by the beginning of fall, it's you're yielding all this fruit. And then after that, it begins to, to die again. And then next season starts and there's rebirth. And then you think about life and death. You think about the birth of a child and the death of family members. These things, you know, they're just these natural progressions in life um, but it's really interesting when we run our race we can decide to finish these moments strong um, so this past week um, we did Thanksgiving this past Saturday um, not yesterday but the following or the previous Saturday and uh, it was an interesting day to say the least um, we were having dinner we had uh, my wife's family and my family all together. And um, my grandmother passed almost, she's been at home for a long time now and she passed right after we had dinner. And it was, it was a very cool thing because we were all there. She was a hundred years old and she lived a really, really long life. Uh, but those things, it, it, it got my wheels spinning a little bit. And it made me think that time is short. You know, uh, these things that we're going to talk about today, we can't put these off. They have to, we have to understand that there is only a finite amount of time for each one of us here. And we've got to take advantage of what that is, you know. Um, and then also, I want to be able to look back on my life and say, I fought the good fight. You know, isn't that what we all want is to be able to, whenever that time comes for us, to look back on our lives and say, I've done what I could do. I did the, my absolute best to love God and, uh, and kept the faith. Um, so, so this is kind of what we're going to talk about. And 
the way I could express these things best is in the top five list, okay? We all like top five lists. Um, you know, we, you know, top five hairstyles for summer and, you know, best scarves and makeup tips. And apparently my wife looks at a lot of these things. I don't look at that stuff. Um, sure, right? Um, you know, but these things that I'm going to share with you, when we're running a race, we are actively doing something. You know, we are, if we are in a race, we're actively, hopefully we're actively participating, you know. Um, these things I'm going to share are all things that we are to do, all right. If you've been waiting for practicals this whole thing, all I've got is practicals for you today. This is, if, if you're not doing these things, are you running your race, you know, we can't, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about a kid who is um, in the grocery store ha throwing a tantrum or something, and they're just like sit on the floor and I'm not going anywhere, and mom has to like drag them to get them out. Uh, you know, imagine if, if, if you were at the Olympics and you're watching the marathon and one of the runners ran for like a minute and then just sat down and was like, nah, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. That would be ridiculous. You're like, you're a fool. You're representing your country. What in the world, you know? Uh, that is not what we're meant to do. We're not to be passive in this race, you know? And, and the thing is, is with some of these things, you might be like, I don't know how to do that very well. That's okay. Uh, have you guys, who in here likes soccer or has ever played soccer? All right, for you guys, you, I know that you two are good at soccer. And the first time you went out there, was it natural to kick that ball around? No. no. I look terrible. It's like batting left-handed. I look so weird. It, it, it is just very awkward. Some of these things, you have to get back on the horse and try and try and try and be persistent. It's not going to look perfect the very first time, but we still have to do them. So here we go. I want you guys... Also, as we go through this, please, I'm not going to go very deep uh, with these things. I would love for you guys to write these things down. Take good notes. Uh, these would make great quiet times. If you were to take these little things and just dig in deep for a day or two on these, that would be really, really cool. Um, so here is step number one. Obey the greatest commandments. Now, who in here can tell me what the greatest commandments are? Yes. When did we learn that? Probably as a little kid. Most of you guys. This, this right here is the foundation. Without this, what are we doing here? There's, there's really no point. But... Uh, but we can't treat this like it's a kid's. I, I love that you're talking about the VeggieTales stuff, that we can't read these verses and say, well, that's what I teach my kids, but I don't really do it, you know, or, you know, that's just something I learned in Sunday school. But really learning to have a deep love for God and for others. So uh, let's turn to Matthew 22. I'm going to read. I, I've got a lot of scriptures, so you can turn there or not. Um, but Matthew 22, 37 through 40, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And like I said, this is the foundation. He is is stating here, this is important. You know, he's telling the teachers of of the law, this is important. Don't neglect this. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Uh, Again, this is just reiterating that. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment. All are summed up by this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. So we have the Ten Commandments, and you can look at that, and you're like, oh, but it's so hard not to commit adultery. It's so hard not to steal. These things, it's summed up in loving. I can love people. I can do that. This is so simple, but it takes us actually putting it into practice and applying it. That's the hard part. We'll keep going here in 1 John 5, 2, and 3. You, you know, uh, this right here, I, I'm going to read this one, but it, it really is, you're asking, well, how do I, how does God feel loved? If you want to, I was thinking about this, so I was like, okay, love God, what does that mean? How does that look? What is God's love language? I know my wife's love language. I bought her some gifts the other day, and she really liked that. You know? The, the, uh, but when you talk about God, what does he really like? It says in John 5, 2 and 3, This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. God wants obedience from us. That's how we express our love. This is, you know, when when Brent was talking about belief, you know, this is how we express our belief in God is by obeying him, by doing what he says, and by loving uh, our friends. It says in 1 Peter 1, 22 and 25, By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another intensely from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Again, it is God is loved by our obedience and by obeying him. Other people get to feel that effect. They get to feel Christ's love through us. So I want us to consider how you're expressing love to God and to others. And that's something that you guys are going to have to figure out on your own. I, I'm just, I want to lay down some of these scriptures so that you can go back home and figure out how are you expressing your love to God and to others? Because if you're not doing that, if there is no expression of love, do you really, do you really believe what you're what you're preaching why are you here that's the foundation you know once we have that we can build onto it with the second thing we have to ask seek and knock and this is something that we've been talking about a lot recently it's been coming up over and over and over again but there is such an importance for us 
to seek out what God's will is for our lives. So I wanted to ask what, I think almost all of us in here have done a seeking God study with somebody, you know? What, what's your favorite scripture? What's your go-to when you're like, man, I need to help this person seek God? What's, what do you go to? I like, I like Matthew 6. Nope. Where it talks about how essentially don't worry about any of these things in the world, about clothes, about what you're going to wear, or any of those sort of things. But God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the flowers. God takes care of all these things. He's going to take care of you. Only seek first his kingdom. Hmm. And all these things that you need, he'll be getting. Yeah, that's good. Anybody else? I know we've done some seeking God studies in here. All right, what's that say? Or yeah, I mean you can. I have, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Okay. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Cool. I think that's always been one that I look, look at. Awesome. I think it's if it's an active mm-hmm. seeking God is something that we actively do. Yeah. We give, uh, it's never ending. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, I have two that I like a lot. There's one of the first chapters of Proverbs it says like when you seek the Lord um, as hidden treasure, before um, Him as tools, <coughs> then you'll find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask another question here is, we'll ask the same three people, all right? What does that look like in your life? Because that's, I mean, I'll put you on the spot just a little bit, but I mean, what, I mean, we, we, everyone's like, you know, because it's like, we go to those like, man, you got to seek God. We got to like figure it out. But what does that actually mean for us on a day-to-day basis? We've got to figure that stuff out. You don't have to answer. Whatever. That's fine. I, yeah. Yeah. But I, I want us to, to think about these things because that, it's so easy to say, oh, you need to seek God. Oh, it's just, it can be just something we say and never really do. Um, but if we become people that seek God with all of our hearts like hidden treasure, that's a sign of maturity. That's a sign of spiritual maturity. We can't claim to be mature in Christ if we are not seeking him out. Uh, you know, some of my favorites here. Uh, Proverbs 28, 5. Evildoers do not understand what is right, but those who seek the Lord understand it fully. You know, you want to understand what's right? Seek God out. He will make it understood to you. He will teach it to you. You know, Matthew 7, 7 and 8, we all know this one. Uh, This is the Holman Christian Standard. I love this version. It says, keep asking and it will be given to you. Keep searching and and you will find. Keep knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who searches finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. And there's this idea that we need to be persistent. It's not a, I knocked before I got baptized and he opened the door and I came in and I've here I am I've arrived I'm in his knowledge you know and I'm in his wisdom and 
And although we have the Holy Spirit, we have to continually seek it out. And we do that in times of prayer, in times of Bible study. How can you say that you're seeking God with all your heart if you don't go to the word of truth? If you don't spend time talking to Christ, to God, it is so, so important. You know, another one here is in Ephesians 5, 6 through 10. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. I love that. This idea that we can find it, but that we've got to go look for what is pleasing to God. And, and it, it makes me think, you know, what is our goal in prayer and Bible study? What, you know, where are we going with those things? Our goal should be to seek God out, not just to check a box, not just to do something spiritual, but to actually seek out what the Creator says. You know, our, our, as the clay... We should seek out what the potter has to say about things. You know, if we want to be molded, truly molded, we've got to, God, form me. You, there's got to be that seeking and that looking for, for God. You know, um, I, the next thing we've got to do here, uh, my third point, and this is going to be a pretty short lesson. Uh, because really we've heard all these things before. It's just, I want to encourage you guys to go and do them. Um, you know, the third thing is to repent. And this right here has got some stigma to it, some negative stigma. When I hear repent, that means I've blown it. That means I'm the worst guy in here. You know, it means that, man, I'm not good enough and that I'll never be good enough because I've got to change something. You know, and I know that that's how a lot of us feel, because when someone says, hey, that didn't look right what you did, you need to change that. You're like, whoa, get off my case. You know, uh, it's not that serious. And and really, you know, I, I think some of these things are pretty serious. Um, really, rep I want us to change the way that we think about repentance, and that would be repenting. You know, so if, if we were to change the way that we think about something, that's actually repentance. And in a, in a culture of people who say we need to be more open minded, we need to see people in a different light, be more accepting. Wouldn't that count as repentance to look at people through God's eyes, through Jesus's eyes, instead of what I see and what my prejudices are and my feelings are? That's called repentance. That's a good thing. We, yeah. you know, we want that in our lives and we need to remove that negative stigma from it. I want you to write down Romans 12, uh, 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And what's cool is repentance is is the, the vehicle for transformation. We can't be the guy that, or the woman that God wants us to be if we don't right. repent. Yes. You, we can say, I want to be this 
whatever, we will never get there if we never change yeah. anything, if we never, if we never relinquish control of our lives, because really that's what repentance is saying, is saying, God, I've sought you out, and this is what you're calling me to do, and I'm okay with it. I'll do it. It's very, it, it's such a simple idea, but it takes us practicing that because it's not easy. It's, it's easy to say. It's a lot more difficult to practice that. Um, but I want, us to, I want us to think about that. Um, you know, in 2 Corinthians 7.10, we talk about this in repentance all the time, but I want to point out one little thing here. It says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. And there are so many things in this life that I wish I could go back and change, that I regret, you know? But repentance, it brings no regret. And that is such a cool thing, you know? That's what we want. You know, if, if we seek out God and we choose to do what he says and actually change, there won't be any regret. Yeah. That's a, it's, a, it's awesome. So the idea of repenting is we can never stop doing it. You know, if we ever stop changing, if we, you know, adapting, growing, then you know, where, what is it in, you know, in Revelations where God or Jesus is talking to the church and saying, you know, you're neither hot nor cold. You're just, Amen. you know, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Uh, you know, all these scriptures about repent or, or perish. I, it, these, these things, it's, the, there is an ultimatum. There is, there is some, a judgment that we will face, but hopefully we can humble ourselves before we get to that point, you know? So we've got that idea. Um, do you guys have any thoughts after this? I, I, I just feel like we're kind of quiet in here. And what are, what are you guys thinking about what we're talking about so far? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, you know, I, I do think What's great about what you're sharing is it, it, our, I, my natural inclination anyway is to, you know, be able to, if, can I teach this and forget to continually ask myself the question of what is this looking like in my life? Because that's real discipleship and that's Jesus's, that's what he's calling us to be as his disciples. Which yeah. I think that's what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. What you're sharing is it's like, okay, there's the theory of being a disciple, wanting to be a disciple, and yeah. discipleship. Yeah. And this is what, these are just like the, those simple things that I think like what you brought up is, oh yeah, I remember those. Mm -hmm. I remember being able to teach those and actually expecting like young people to like do those things. Yeah. Um, but it's a harder question mm -hmm. to be able to go, you know, what does this look like? I mean, it, it requires, like it makes me think like, man, I need to be much more intentional about these things. It really is what you said is perfect that these things we have to be intentional about them because these are the foundational things. If, if we don't have these, I mean, we're just coming together and singing some songs and pretty much just doing whatever we want to do. But that's not that's not Christianity. That's not the gospel I signed up for. Any other thoughts before we move on? Go for it. Even in my prayer time, like getting away, getting away from just 
and, I, and exactly what you just said, it's like what we've always taught, like when you're studying the Bible with people and whatever, but getting deep with God and just my prayer and being faithful in my prayer. Yeah. And, and, and then, but literally repenting of how I've been kind of trailing off and just, all right, God, like whatever I need today. Or, but even just going back to those impossible prayers and yes. the, mm-hmm. the hard things and being faithful, like God will yes. do it. Amen. Totally. That's great. Um, kind of going on what um, Crystal was saying, like I've just like kind of thought like about like the way that I pray and like how that even needs to change. Because um, I feel like sometimes I like pray like because like I want these things to happen or I pray like bam, 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 bam. Whereas like um, I need to pray in a way that I'm like inquiring more of God, like not being afraid to kind of ask those open-ended questions of like God, you know, what do you think about this or like yeah, what do you? Because like I like I mean like I almost like it's not like I'm just like an answer is gonna like pop in my head or anything like that, but it's like when you're asking your questions, you're like asking those open-ended questions to God, like God will show you those answers in this school because I feel like that just kind of happened to me recently because I feel like when you're asking those questions to God, and you continue to ask those questions, like you're seeking more for the answer and God is much more willing to show you kind of the door, like open and closed doors and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Whether you're just praying like bam, 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 bam. It's like, yeah. I'm in my house, thank you for my car, thank you for my money, amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? That's how I pray. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. We'll get one more. I don't know, this stuff is always really great for me because I think kind of like what you and Keith are saying, it's just, it's the foundations. If we're not doing this stuff, then what are we really doing as Christians? And I think I can just maybe overcomplicate things or just think so much about like the specific things, like analyzing mm-hmm. like what specific things I need to do or say today or that I did or whatever. And even sometimes wondering why, why does it seem like something's missing or why do I feel, you know, maybe a disconnect with, with God or mm-hmm. with Adam or with whatever, and I can focus so much on the things I'm doing and stuff. I don't know, just things that are maybe more uh, more details than just thinking. Okay, wait a minute. Am I loving God wholeheartedly? Am I loving others wholeheartedly? Am I focusing on obeying Him, mm-hmm. seeking His wisdom for my life, and on repenting? It's like if I can just focus on, like you said, those foundational things, then everything else just. Well, what you're saying is if we focus on God and doing these things, it produces the fruit we're looking for. Right. And we, we can't put the fruit in front of the process. I can't expect fruit from a tree I didn't plant. You know, it's, it, it doesn't work that way. But those are all some good thoughts. Uh, you know, moving on. See, we're almost done with this. This is, this is not like super crazy stuff, but don't be good, do good. And I think a lot of what we've been talking about, especially what Keith hit on a lot last week, is this idea that we want the church to be full of people that are just scrubbed up pretty and packaged nicely. And that's not what God intended. He didn't intend us to just be good guys, good people. He intended us to go and do good, to be on the ground zero serving people and loving people. You know, uh, I want to ask, how how is your life um, 
expressing your faith. You know, how, what does that look like? You know, our lives should be filled of expressions of faith. Uh, I think it's, it's really easy to just say, hey, I've got faith, but I don't really do anything. And I, I want us to move away from that. We're meant for more than that. You know, um, I've got a bunch of scriptures here and I'm going to just read through them. Um, I want you to write these down. Ephesians 2, 10, Titus 2, 14, James 1, 24. Hey. Titus 2.14. You are way off. Ephesians 2.10. Dude, keep up or you'll get left behind. James 1.25. Hebrews 13.16. 1 Peter 2.15. And 1 Timothy 6.18-19. through 19. You would be surprised how much the New Testament talks about doing good. Uh, let's read through these. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. He, pre- he built us for this role. Titus 2.14, He gave himself for us to redeem us from a lawless and from lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. James 1, 25, But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but one who does good works, this person will be blessed in what he does. Hebrews 13, 16, Don't neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. 1 Peter 2.15, you guys will love this one. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. How crazy is that? In an age where, like with this election and all this turmoil with presidents and people just saying off-the-wall stuff, and the best people know to do is, I can make a comment on Facebook, but no one does good. God says, it says, it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people, not by saying something to them, but by doing good. Dang, that's heavy. Because I want to be that guy that's passive aggressive and says something. I want to be that in my heart. I want to post something and say, oh, I got him, you know, but never done anything good. (laughs) That stuff, if we made that our practice, golly, what a difference we would make. Uh, In 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19, instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share, storing up for themselves good reserve for the age to come so that they may take hold of life that is real. This, this, This doing good works, this opens the door to a life that is real. And I don't think we see that. It's like, well, I got baptized, or well, I accepted Jesus, so I'm in the life that's real. But 
that's not the whole story here. We've got to go deeper than that. So what does this mean in your life? How, how do you make this real? What does this look like? That's for you to figure out. Ask, seek, and knock. You know, uh, I want to give you a warning here. Don't be like Aaron's sons. Do you guys know this story? You know, I want to say it's in like Deuteronomy. Aaron's the high priest. Aaron's the high priest. His sons are working in the temple with him. And they're like, man, we're feeling good about God. We're going to throw up this extra burnt offering for God. Yeah, we're going to hook him up. And what does he do? That, light, that fire that they light burns them up. God burns them to a crisp. And, and, and it's like, well, what in the world? Why would God do that? He was try, they were trying to praise him. Do something good, you know? Just doing things flippantly or because we have the urge in our head doesn't make it what God wants for our lives. And that's kind of hard because you're like, well, it felt like the right thing. It felt good. That's why I did it. I wanted to do good. We really have to go and seek God's will for our lives. If we really want to do good, it's not just going and doing stuff that on the surface may appear good. It's actually seeking out God's will for our lives and doing that, you know, and it's going to look different for all of us. Uh, and that's the cool thing. Um, hopefully you've noticed that a lot of these things are bleeding over on top of each other, that it's the lines between these things that we're talking about are all kind of blurry and, you know, you have to, you know, they all, you got to, you can't just do one of them. You got to have all the pieces here. And lastly, point number five, live as though this world is not your home. And here's an interesting thing. Races are not meant, or races are meant to be temporary. That's a that's the thing. If you're playing in a game, it's got a lot of amount of time and then it's done. If I'm running a race, like I can finish a 5K or in the past I've done it in around 20 minutes and then that race is done. You know? So it's it's one of those things where this this race that we're running now was not meant to be eternal. And we can't run it like it was meant to be eternal. You know, I I I, ha I had this idea of like, I look at things and I, I'm like, man, I love my car. I love my TV. I love my motorcycle. I love, there's these things that are like, man, if I could take that with me, that'd be nice. But I, I compared that to like, if I'm running a marathon and you know, when you're running and they have the water stations and you pick up a water and you're like, drink it and you're like, wow, that was refreshing. I love water. It's just what I needed. It just hit the spot right there. It would be so weird to hold on to that water cup after the race. You know, you've got this little paper cup and you're like, it's my, this is my race cup. You know, it was there for me when I needed it. And I, I loved it. You know, that would be so weird. You're like, just throw it away. You know, it's trash. You know, it had its purpose and that purpose is past. We can't look at the things in this life with the value that the world holds on them because they don't hold value. You know, I like this shirt that I'm wearing. I got it the, yesterday, actually, because we're going to take pictures and Sarah told me to get a nice shirt. <laughs> so here we are. But I can't hold on to this. In the scheme of things, it's nothing, you know. 
But people are like, that's what makes me me is the things that I wear. It's not. I want to read some things here. Colossians 3, 1, we know this one. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This idea that we've got to take our heart, everything in us, our heart and our mind, and focus those things on eternal things. Christ, you know, that's the same way that he calls us to seek him, is with our whole heart, our whole mind, and our whole and all our strength. He's saying the same thing here. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, uh, it says, Therefore, do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed. Our inner person is being renewed day by day, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if our temporary earthly dwelling is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal an eternal dwelling in the heavens, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this body, desiring to put our dwelling in heaven. Since when we were, I'm sorry, since when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Indeed, we groan while we are in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed. So that mortality may be swallowed up by life. And the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. So when we got baptized and received that Holy Spirit, it was a down payment saying, I got a place for you. You know, it's coming. And I love this scripture here because it talks about groaning in this body. And if you've ever run a race or you've ever played sports by the end of the game, you're like, I can't wait for this to be done. My whole body aches. I am I'm expending all of myself. And that's how God wants us to finish this is if, if you're just sitting there, you know, in the middle of the road, not doing anything, you're probably groaning because you're bored. You know, you're not, you haven't really done anything. But when we're running, you know, when we're doing these things, we understand that they're temporary. And we're like, I can't wait to be past this point to say to put the to put to rest mortality. It's a, it's a very interesting thought thinking about our races being temporary because I don't, I want to be forever. I want to be in control. I want to, I don't want unexpected or the unknown to happen. But as with time, it is a natural progression of things and we, we get to move on. You know, I want to end here with a scripture here in first Peter. And this is kind of, I think it sums all of this up. Um, This right here is kind of where I got my points from. And um, 
all this stuff. But I want to encourage you guys, when we leave from here, to try it. I mean, the hardest part of training is getting off the couch. It really is. It, putting your shoes on and say, going out and doing it. That is the hardest part of it. Once you get doing it, you build strength and you actually enjoy it or people wouldn't be doing it so much. So in 1 Peter 4, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, equip yourselves also with the same resolve. I love that. Because the one who suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. In order to live the remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. For there has already been enough time spent in doing what the pagans choose to do, carrying on an unrestrained behavior, evil desires, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and lawless living. I'm sorry, lawless idolatry. So they are surprised that you don't plunge with them into the same flood of wild living, and they slander you. They will give an account to the one who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that although they may be judged by men in the fleshly realm, they might live by God in the spiritual realm. Now the end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and disciplined for prayer. Above all, maintain an intense love for each other, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Based on the gift each one has received, use it to serve others as good managers of the very grace of God. If anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Guys, I encourage you to go live as disciples and seek Christ out.